Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. Good morning, everyone. Thank you. There is a story. I, uh, I want to start out by saying thank you to Gerald. Um, so you're getting the, you guys are getting the B team today. Uh, I had to uh, bring Gerald off the bench to fill in for me because Kevin had to bring me off the bench to fill in for him. So uh, we'll try to do our best here. Um, I want to say happy birthday to America. Uh, what, a, what an opportunity for, for all of us in a free country to be able to, to, to gather like this and, and worship our God in freedom. And, and, you know, Christians are always persecuted in one way or the other, but, uh, but we're able to do it here in relative safety. So uh, I'm just so thankful for that, for this great country. Uh, you guys probably, probably haven't see, ever seen me in a tie before because uh, I don't normally have, a, I don't have a lot of ties in my closet, okay? Even though I'm named after one, uh, I hardly ever... I hardly ever wear them, but this, this tie is special, okay, and, and it, uh, a couple weeks ago I had the, the blessing to be able to go and uh, enter in a, in a cut the ranch horse competition, and there was a fellow there that hand paints these ties and, and donated some for prizes, and this is by far the best prize I've ever won. And, and I've been blessed to, to do well in, in competition and, and really get some neat gear and, you know, kind of expensive things for prizes that, you know, that I use, but it's not really about that. But, but this one is my favorite in, in 25 years of competing. Uh, two reasons. I won it for, for uh, the top horse, top hand award, uh, and I was riding my little gray horse that I didn't think I was ever going to be able to use again because he got injured, a uh, spinal injury last year, and uh, didn't think I'd ever be able to even ride him again. And through through uh, some rehab and stuff, you know, he was good enough to win a cutting competition and, and roping competition. So that was cool. Uh, the bigger reason is the fellow that donated it. Uh, so, so they're hand painted. He 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 paints these by hand, and. Uh, I went up to him after the competition and thanked him for doing it, and, and I asked him, I said, who taught you to paint? And he said, nobody. He said, God gave me a gift, and I've been using it. And so you guys will have to take a look at this. It's amazing. Uh, he's not formally educated. He just used God's gift to start doing things. And, and, uh, and I talked a little last weekend uh, about everybody has a gift and something you're good at, and you're, you're supposed to use it. Uh, to glorify God, and he gave all the credit to God when he did this, and the guy's amazing, a good hand, and, and it's, a, it's a buckaroo on there, so it's even better, but uh, um, so anyway, it was just, it's just really neat, it's a special deal for me, so uh, I wanted to honor him by wearing it, and it makes me look a lot better, so, so a few years ago, I was at a, at a, uh, roping and stock horse competition in California, and I had the the extreme pleasure of being able to observe one of the greatest stockmen in the world down there and, and watch him do his thing. And 
most people, you know, I'd heard about the guy and I, and I had always wanted to see him and, and I thought, you know, it was just going to be just amazing. He's going to go in there on a f really fancy horse and just work stuff over and get stuff done. And it was the opposite. He's just a kind of a regular humble guy on a plain sorrel horse. And, uh, didn't say a lot. Didn't really do a lot until he went in, in, into that competition and, and it seemed like the cattle just couldn't wait to do what he wanted them to do. Uh, no dust, no fanfare, no nothing. He just he could sort cattle out. He could he could set them up to rope. He could set up his his buddies to rope, uh, and he just made it look easy. And and so um, I really enjoyed watching him, and and I'd like to watch and and learn anywhere I can. And I and the guy was really nice. I got to visit with him about things and. And uh, kind of three aspects of what the way he did things uh, stood out to me. And the, and the first one was his, his patience. Okay? He didn't go in there and, and force anything to happen. It wasn't fast. He wasn't furious. Uh, he, was, he was extremely patient about setting up the, the cattle and setting up the shots and, and working with the, the type of cattle they were, working with his partners, working with the way the pen was shaped. And... And I couldn't believe his patience. Now that didn't mean he was just standing there doing nothing. He was he was working those cattle, but it, with subtle movements. And and uh, he'd just kind of go in there and and he called it bumping them. And he'd just kind of go in there and he'd he there was maybe 25 head of yearlings in this this deal, and and you had to get one out, sort it out, and get it roped. And and so he'd just kind of go in there and he called it bumping them. He'd just go in there and kind of get get their feet moving a little bit, and then he'd back out of there. Bless you, Jack. Uh, um, God blesses you. Um, and so, and it, it would just, it just seemed like when he'd go in there and start bumping these cattle, the one he wanted would just walk out and stick his head in his loop. And I'm like, it was amazing. It really was amazing. It was just like that. And so, uh, so he wasn't just, he, his patience didn't mean he was doing nothing. It didn't mean he was lazy or apathetic. He was working, but in, in a way that, that, uh, what he wanted to have happen happened um, without any fanfare, without any big, you know, the, the cattle were, weren't stressed at all. His horse was, looked like he was half asleep. But his horse would do anything he asked him to do right when he needed it to. So anyway, so that patience uh, really helped me because I've, I've never been a real big fan of speed, but I've always, a lot of times I learned, I learned how to hand, work cattle by kind of making them do it, what I wanted them to do, and, and uh, forcing it to happen. And, and when I saw that, it, it just changed everything for me. So over the past couple of years, I've been really working on my patience with, with cattle and with horses and with my son, which is tough. And uh, so anyway, so we got to, to uh, I got to practice that a few days ago at a, at a branding. So the, the, there were some older calves. This time of year, most of the calves that you brand are going to be big. And so we were heading and healing these calves. And uh, the calves weren't ear-tagged, um, but the owner wanted them ear-tagged to match their mothers. Okay, so in order to do that, you, you can't shove all the cattle together because they won't pair up. We had to leave them in a bigger open area and wait till the, the mothers found their calves. And as soon as you identified a calf as belonging to a certain cow, we'd rope that one take it to the fire and they'd make an ear tag for it. And so 
another guy and I were, were kind of working together and, and this guy I think was legally blind because he, he, he couldn't see, see the ear tag numbers. And, and when he did see them, I think he was dyslexic because he couldn't read them. <laughs> and so he'd, he'd, one time he called out like a, it, it was, I don't remember what the number was, it was like 37 and the real number was 11. I mean, it wasn't even close. So I'm, anyway, so I offered him my glasses and that just offended him. So, uh, so anyway, we, we're in there and, and, and there's, a, there's a black cow and a, and a little red and white spotted calf. And the calf is sort of standing by the cow and he says, that's a pair. Well, are you sure that's a pair? Oh yeah, that's a pair. I saw it, I saw it over by her, you know, earlier. Um, well, I really don't think that's a pair. He said it's a pair. It's number 44. Rope it. All right. I necked it and took it to the fire. And the header's job was to call out the number 44. I hollered out. And they wrote a tag and stuck it in the calf's ear, and we branded it and let it up, and it immediately ran back to the herd and started sucking on number 20. Guess who got chewed out? I did because I brought it to the fire and I hauled it out number 44. But that was an example of, of him not being patient enough to wait and, and see and kind of, you know, I, on hindsight we could have kind of bumped that cow a little bit in calf and kind of separated them and then seen what happened. Uh, scared me a little bit. I see this. <laughs> I got, a, I got a gelding that, that's, a, that's a really nice ranch horse, but he, he really worries about white things on the ground, and I think I'm picking it up from him. Because I, I saw that flash, and I'm like, <clears throat> bucked myself off. Uh, anyway, where was I? I was talking about something. Uh, anyway, that was an opportunity for patience. We could have probably set that up a little bit differently and had a better outcome. Uh, I wound up taking us longer because we had to re-rope the calf and stress it out and cut the ear tag out and make a new one. And, and if we hadn't been short-handed, I'd have probably been fired. But uh, anyway, so <coughs> so patience is a is a is a big virtue when you're when you're handling livestock, and it's a big virtue when you're handling people. And and God gives us that uh, through. Through the Bible here, if you, if you get in the Word, I don't know how many times you're going to read about patience. Okay? Um, be patient about waiting for, for God to work in your lives. Be patient with, with your fellow man. Be patient with, with the non-believers. Uh, and, and if we rush that and we push them, uh, it's not going to work. God, God doesn't, doesn't usually work in a way where, where He shoves you into something and makes it happen. He's going to bump on you. Anybody feeling that this last week where God was bumping you a little bit, trying to get your feet moving, trying to, trying to work you toward something? I know I did. And, and, uh, and so uh, in, I'm going to find all my places here. In, in Psalm 40, verse 1, I waited patiently for the Lord to help me, and he turned to me and heard my cry. So uh, that, that's... There's wisdom in that, in, in having that patience to wait to hear from the Lord. Um, and I like this one, where it says, And remember, Lord, this is Second Peter 3, verse 15, And remember, our Lord's patience gives people time to be saved. This is what our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you with the wisdom God gave him. 
So God's given people time to be saved. Um, that doesn't mean that they can just not try not, and not do anything and, uh, and be lazy and apathetic. It just means that there's going to be time. There's going to be that patience to get, to get things set up in a way where it's going to be more, uh, more likely to happen. So that's the first aspect that I learned from this fella down in California. The second one is opportunity. The guy was an amazing opportunist, okay? So he, he used his patience and his, and his ability to, to kind of get these cattle arranged, and then the, the second that opportunity arose for him to, to rope one or move, move one out of the herd or, or help, his, help his buddy, uh, he took it. He, he recognized it. He was a master at recognizing opportunities when they happen. And uh, once again at this branding the other day, I, I was setting up uh, and I was swinging a, swinging a turnover loop and I thought I was going to show off and look really cool because this calf was coming around the cow. And, and uh, I'm swinging the loop and, and the, the other fella sees me doing it and he, he comes in and he brings this cow in front of me and, and I didn't throw my loop and he looked at me and said, what are you doing? I said, I don't know. He said, well, why didn't you throw your loop? I don't know. He said, well, I set it up perfectly for you. And he had. But I didn't see the opportunity. I missed it. I didn't see it happen. So he'd wasted, he'd wasted his effort uh, in setting up that shot for me. And so <clears throat> a lot of times in, in, our, in our Christian lives, uh, God's putting opportunities there for us, or creating situations where there is an opportunity, and we don't see them. It's not anything other than that. We just don't recognize them. Um, a lot of times it's because we're not very well practiced up. We haven't, maybe we haven't read in the, in the good book about the way, you know, th the, in the things that we should be doing. Maybe there's sin in our, in, in our lives that, that prevents us from seeing opportunities. Maybe our mind isn't right, where our priorities aren't right. And we, we miss opportunities. And, um, God's going to put opportunities in your life every single day to, to do his work. No, I don't know what that is. It could be helping a neighbor. It could, be, um, it could be getting up in the morning and reading this thing. Okay? There's an opportunity there. And a lot of times I don't take it because I've, I'm too busy. I've got, I got too many other things on my plate. Uh, and so I miss the opportunity to get in his word. And, um, and we'll miss opportunities to, to witness to somebody else right? just because we don't see it. And uh, so not only do we have opportunities, not only does God give us opportunities, but, but, but we, we can give each other those too. And, and that's what church is about, the fellowship, the opportunities that we can afford each other to, uh, to work together for the better of, of, of God's big plan. So the third, the third aspect of what um, this guy did, so he, he had patience in setting up his shots, and he was a master at seeing opportunities. And the third thing he did was then he acted. Okay? Action. Decisive action. He wasn't waiting around. When, when, when something set up the way he wanted it and he saw the opportunity, he took it. And he didn't wait around. And, and he, you know, there was an opening there and he'd rope that critter. Or uh, the, I, I talked to a fellow that was on his team and roped with, with him. And I said, I said, how, how come? I said, what, what makes you such a good roper? 
And he says, well, Billy just runs those cattle into my loop. So the other guy, he was giving the credit to the other guy. He said, he said, I miss half the time, but Billy sees an opportunity, puts the cattle in my loop. And so Billy's the, the fellow I was talking about uh, earlier. And, and so he would, he would act on it. And you know, we were out sorting some pears the other day out at the church and had some younger calves that needed to be branded. And, and so they're all mixed in with the older, the cows with the older calves. And, and uh, we weren't in a corral. We were just out in the middle of the pasture about 500 acre pasture out there and I'm like okay we're gonna have to gather everything kind of try to find a corner or a, a spot where we can hold them and then we'll kind of hold herd and we'll start peeling out the ones we don't want and we'll we'll leave all the ones we do want and then eventually we'll get get all the ones we need and, and take them to the corral uh, when I rode out there there was a whole bunch of these cows with the younger calves just just off a little bit by themselves. They were still with the others, but, but they had segregated themselves. And so there wasn't time to, to waste. There was an opportunity and we had to act. And, and so, you know, I hit, I hit a lope and got right between them and, and most of the cattle were sorted in, in that fast. But if we'd have waited around very long, if, if, we'd have, if, if too many of us had come in there, all those cattle would have got together and we'd have spent an hour or two sorting on them. So that decisive action, seeing that, and I'm getting better at that, uh, seeing those opportunities and acting on them. And in order to act, we have to be prepared. We have to, you have to have your horse broke. If, if you're sorting cattle and, and you see a cow and calf together and, and you see an opportunity to get your horse in there and peel them off and you can't get your horse to go in there, you've missed it. You're not gonna be able to do it. So it, it takes practice to be able to act. We have to be able to, to prepare for that. And, and our practice comes from just what we're doing here. We're, we're, we're getting God's word. We're learning. We're, we're reading this book. We're going out and we're doing things wrong a lot of times. And so eventually we can file that away and say, well, that, that didn't work. I'm going to do it this way. And our actions are going to be more decisive and, and, uh, and more successful. So... <laughs> so, so now we've got patience, we've got opportunity, and we've got action. When, when we put that all together, we're, we're equipped to go out and do God's work. Uh, I had the opportunity to use that this last week, uh, a fellow that has, that I've, <laughs> that's, that, he's required a lot of patience in my life, and uh, and I've been waiting and kind of bumping on him and trying to help him to, to, to make that decision to, to quit doing those things in his life that, that's detrimental and that's hurting him and hurting his family and, and trying to get that change. And it's not coming from me. It's just God working through me saying, you got to figure out a way to help this guy. And so it's been a long road and it's taken a ton of patience and, and I've been wanting to give up and, and just beat on him. But... But I knew that wasn't going to work. He'd, he'd just take off and run through the fence, and I'd never see him again. So, um, but it happened this week. He, finally, there was an opportunity. The opportunity I've been waiting for. And, and God helped me recognize it, was able to step in and help the guy get saved and, uh, and take that vital action that, that a couple years ago I couldn't have done. I wouldn't have been able to do it because I, didn't, I wasn't prepared. I didn't have the tools that I needed. Uh, so working with this church and, and doing those things 
you know, has, has, has made all the difference in, in God being able to actually work through me and me being successful with that instead of just making a mess out of it, which is what I'd been doing for a lot of years. So uh, one of my favorite, one of my favorite uh, stories in the Bible is in Samuel, and it's the David and Goliath story. I, lo I love it because David's a little guy, and, and he's been patiently tending his flock for years, uh, and you know, doing God's work in a little way, and, and just kind of, but nothing big. Um, and then all of a sudden, one day, this opportunity comes along, and it has to do with this with, with this big giant that that's terrorizing the, the Israeli army. And you know, David, he he saw that opportunity, and he, he was just a shepherd but he had the tools that he needed to be able to act. And he knew that hand-to-hand -hand combat was not gonna work, okay? So he just picked up a few rocks and put one in a sling and walked up and knocked down the biggest man in the land and cut his head off. That's pretty decisive, you know? He didn't, he, he didn't wait around, pray about it, and oh well, he just went up there and he did it, right? So he saw his opportunity and he took it. And, and I love that story because it's, it's the, you know, I'm a little guy, not quite as big as Jace, but, but getting there. Uh, and and it, it tells me that, that I can do that too through God. Okay, David didn't do that by himself. He, he gave all the credit to the Lord, and he used all the Lord's power to do that. Um, but I'm a little guy, and I can go do something like that. And it's inspiring. And so um, David, David used what little tools he had. He used a rock and a sling to become eventually the king of all of Israel through those actions. That's, that's what he got out of it. Um, all those people that were afraid, they, they didn't get to become king. He did because of that action. And so um, it's, all out, it's out there for all of us to be able to do that. And, I, and so I just pray that we, when we, that, we, that we can have the patience with each other, with God, that we can see the opportunities when they arise and then, and then act on them. And, so I'm going to finish with a prayer. God, I can just feel you here today working on me and working on people. Uh, just, just really ask that you be in our hearts. And, and if there's anybody here in here that, that you've been bumping on a little bit to, to get baptized, to get saved, to... to to maybe reach reach into to your word a little more, to reach out to somebody and help them. I ask that you just, just help them do that and, and help them make that decision. Uh, I ask that you be with anybody that's hurting, anybody that's sick. Uh, I ask that you be with those kids that got abducted in Elizabeth, um, anybody that's going into surgery. There's several people going into surgery this week that, that your healing hand be upon them. Ask that you continue to bless this ministry and, and all those in it and, and that you get our leader home safely. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.